Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Thursday. August 18th, 2022. This is Shannon. And today I'm here with a whole bunch of people. And we are looking forward to books coming out in September. And this is what we're talking about today. So I'm going to get started with the usual housekeeping information. I will start us off, followed by Sarah, Christine, Georgina, Stacy. And lastly, Natalia. Yay, she's back. She is. It's been a while. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So my first book tonight is for all of the people in the world who loved Dread Nation. Yes, me! Yes. And there were a slew of us just here on the podcast, never mind, like elsewhere in the world. And so I am very, very excited to talk tonight about Rust in the Root by Justina Ireland. And this comes out on September 20th. It is another kind of alternate fantastical history, Mm. except this one takes place in 1937. And America has undergone something called the blight. I'm not quite sure what it is or how it works, but it means that now society is sort of divided into people who work with technology and people who work with the mystical arts or magic. Our main character is Laura, and she has big dreams for herself about where she fits in the world. And she wants to become a mage. She wants to be someone who works in the arts. But that becomes very difficult for her when as a part of her study, she uncovers this thing that happened where black mages were killed so that their powers could be drained and used Mm. um, by by other people. And so she's digging deep into this, this history that very few people are talking about. She is also joining forces with a very mysterious and powerful mage who is known only as the Skylark. I'm guessing that as the book goes on, we get to know kind of who, who this person is. But right now, I don't. <laughs> um, so far, it looks like this is a standalone. Um, I'm not sure, you know, obviously, like what's going to happen with that. I would kind of just given the way this world is described, I would kind of like to see it stretch out into at least a duology like Dread Nation. But even if it doesn't, it looks like it has just all kinds of intrigue, magic, mystery, maybe this like uneasy kind of alliance between Laura and the Skylark person. Um, And I'm just really excited to see kind of how she weaves this second sort of alternate history. You know, we, we saw that with Dread Nation and she did it so, so well. So now I'm eager to see what she does with something set in 1937. This is Rust in the Root. It's by Justina Ireland. It comes out on September 20th, and I have pre-ordered it. Oh. Yes. So Dread Nation was like one of my most like shocking finds in a joyful way at the beginning of 2019. And I talked about it on the podcast. 
And I thought it was one of the most clever alternate history things I've ever read. And just, it was so intense and the action never quit. So I'm hoping that this book is like that. And if so, I cannot wait to read it, even if it might be under the young adult umbrella. I don't know if it is or not, but I'm guessing it is, but that's okay. I think it is because uh, the character is like 17. So I would, I would expect given that Dread Nation was YA, I would assume that this one is as well. So I'm kind of sad for everybody that um, this book didn't come out earlier because it has a name I know. of a person in the title. And did we, or did, well, not me, but did you, or did you not recently record a, an episode about books with people's names in the title? We did in fact, Sarah. Oh, well, that's great. I'm sure Stacey. there'll be another one coming along sometime in the well, future. So. so if they do, we are going to have to talk about Lizzie Blake's best mistake um, A Brush with Love number two by Maisie Eddings and it comes out September 6th now full disclaimer I've never read this author but I promise you I will be buying this on September 6th because it looks so good so this is a book about somebody named Lizzie and Lizzie has made endless mistakes just a few examples of her endless mistakes are kitchen fires pyramid schemes bangs of the hair and human variety. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't make this up, friends. I did not. It's part of the synopsis. And Lizzie is not, she, she's not doing very well. She just lost a, yet another bakery job due to her uncontrolled ADHD. And she only ever has one night hookups. But for some reason this time, she has a two night up but of course she's not going to get emotionally involved heavens no and neither is the man that she hooks up with you know once bitten twice shy and all of that like it just doesn't happen his name is rake and he has a great time <laughs> with lizzie before going back to his home in australia but horror of horrors he leaves her with a special kind of bun in the oven Oh, and so he is very willing. He is very willing to be part of his child's life, but he's not going to get vulnerable or emotionally engaged. But through a series of unfortunate events, such as platonic single bed sharing and <laughs> an underground erotic baking scheme, the two um, of these people who are very, very worried about um, sharing their hearts and their past and becoming vulnerable may realize that this might turn out to be one of the best mistakes they've made. So I have a feeling reading this book is not going to be a mistake. So if you want to read <laughs> Lizzie Blake's best mistake, A Brush with Love, number two, by Maisie Eddings, it comes out on September 6th. And I can tell you what I'm going to be doing. Oh my God, working. this looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> my first book of the evening is Back to the Garden by Laurie R. King, who is probably best known for her Mary Russell slash Sherlock Holmes books, but I'm not a Holmesian. Um, so I, I, tried reading the first one and I'm not going to become a Holmesian anytime soon. So I didn't do that, but I've read some other stuff that she's written. And I liked it a lot. And this one, this is different. A 50 year old cold case is brought back into the light in this book. Um, there's a magnificent house with vast gardens, you know, so it's got some of these kind of cool elements. Um, the estate, they're, they're moving it forward. They're redoing a lot of things. And when they're redoing some of the art, they find a skull that Ooh. has been there for low these 50 years. And they have to try to figure out who it is and all the things about how it got there. 
And at the time that that happened, there were a lot of serial killers that preyed on innocent kind of vulnerable folks, including like the highway women, highwaymen. And they, they won't blame it on him. Um, but the more our investigator looks into Rob Gardner, who is the owner of the estate and who's renovating things and, you know, uh, doing all this stuff, the more she discovers about him, the more we're not sure who might have done what for what reasons. So we have to start looking at him and so anyway, see what goes on because he's got a lot of mysteries in his past. So anyway, that's kind of what I know from the synopsis. And this is Back to the Garden by Lori R. King. And it comes out on September 6th. Number six is a big day. Well, so far, it's a couple books there, yeah. (laughs) Lori R. King wrote one of the best cult books I've ever read. um, Yeah. Called A Darker Place. That was awesome. Yes, yes, it was. And I liked her uh, series about the, um, was it Martinelli? Oh, Kate Martinelli, yes. Kate Martinelli, yeah, I liked that. Yeah, I like those too. Um, My first book that I'm going to talk about this evening is The Kissed Cursed by Erin Sterling. This this book looks very interesting. I haven't read the first one, but after looking at this, I want to read this one. Um, Gwen Jones is happy. Her mom and cousin they're they've started a local coven and they're teaching young witches their new powers they're running their shop hexed and things are going smoothly until (laughs) Llewellyn Pin Harbor comes back into town after being away now he's a dutiful son he decides to open up a shop across from Gwen and their competition nature gets the best of them. So they share a kiss. Sparks fly. <laughs> <laughs> and each of them is determined that that one kiss was a fluke and they don't want to be near each other. And it's Halloween. <laughs> it's drawing closer when new witches come into town and Gwen's powers are slowly disappearing. And she doesn't understand why. So it's up to Llewellyn and Gwen to figure out why her powers are going and what these new witches want. That comes out September 20th, 2022 by Aaron Sterling. So the X-Hex, uh, Kristen talked about last year when it came out. And Aaron Sterling is actually the pseudonym of um, Rachel Hawkins, who oh. wrote, oh. Um, oh, what is this? Uh, the, the Woman Upstairs. Oh, and, the Jane Eyre? Yes. And um, she wrote Hex Hall several years ago. Um, and so now she's doing these kind of like paranormal rom-coms, mm. which are um, the X-Hex and this one. I think everyone who knows what's coming out in September is probably aware of what my first book is going to be because... No, really? Obviously. And I am... Because Kristen's not here, so... Because the, Kristen's the not here, not... we don't have to box. <laughs> like, we don't have to go into the boxing ring. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So this is The Viper by J.R. Ward. It's Black Dagger Brotherhood Prison Camp, book three. Ooh. It comes out on September 20th. Now, I have loved the books in this spinoff series. It's a spinoff of her main like Black Dagger Brotherhood sprawling epic 20-book series. And these three books, surprisingly enough, are about a prison camp that was <laughs> um, opened... 
sort of under the radar by the um, sort of elite faction of the vampire world and then forgotten about by all except a very select few who enjoy the power of sort of subjugating these people who get sent to the prison camp. Um, The first book is The Jackal. The second book, The Wolf, was one of my top reads of 2019. I liked it even better than the main um, Black Dagger Brotherhood book. I just, it was a really great, quick, gritty, action-packed read. And we kind of start with some of the storyline for the third book in the second book. So all I will tell you is that this book is about Cain. And Cain was horrifically injured when he saved another inmate um, in the prison camp. And now he's sort of hovering uh, with very poor health, not doing well, but being cared for by a nurse who works in the infirmary or the sort of little hospital ward area in this underground, horrifyingly violent prison camp. And he's starting to have feelings for this nurse. And by this weird twist of fate, something happens that would give them the ability to escape from the prison camp. But Kane knows that his health and his current sort of, you know, inability to move very much, it's going to make him very, it's going to make it challenging for him to get out. But what he wants more than anything is for this nurse that he's beginning to care about very much to be able to escape from this horrifically terrible place. This looks like a really good book. That's all I know about it. I don't even care. Like I said, The Wolf was like my top read. Like I kind of um, read the whole thing with my breath held because it was just so damn action-packed. It reminded me of the structure of Dark Lover where it just never quit, her very first book in the Black Dagger Brotherhood series. So I'm really excited to see what happens with Kane because I was very fascinated by him when I first met him in The Jackal, which is book one of this spinoff series. So on September 20th, I will be able to find out what happens with Kane and his beautiful nurse when I read The Jackal by J.R. Ward, Black Dagger. I'm sorry. When I read The Viper, Black Dagger Brotherhood Prison Camp. Try saying that fast five times. Number two, (laughs) number three by J.R. Ward. Super stoked about this. Sarah, I need need to to catch catch up with this. So my first book of the night is called Spells for Lost Things by Jenna Evans-Welch. And full disclosure, this will be the first book I read by this author. And I think, Shannon, it might be the fir- one of the few times on a Pix episode that I talk about an author I actually haven't read before. It's true. And of you, course... I'm surprised, though, you've not read Love and Gelato. So... Um, This book takes place in the wonderful, glorious state of Massachusetts, and more specifically, Salem, Massachusetts. And as you see, this is by the author who wrote Love and Gelato, which has been a very liked book in this podcast. Um, And this is about two teens who are trying to find their place in their world. So uh, Willow was unceremoniously dragged to Salem, Massachusetts in the summer. And she's one of the people that kind of feels like she has never belonged anywhere, you know, teenage angst. And she feels like the only way to find a true home is to travel the world. But her plans to follow this dream are put on hold when her aloof and absent mother somehow decides that it's a good idea to drag her to Salem, Massachusetts to wrap up the affairs of an aunt that Willow never even knew she had. And apparently this aunt may or may not have been a witch. Oh. And of course, there she meets Mason, who is another loner who has always felt out of place and has been in and out of foster homes his entire life. He's also been classified as one of the runaways, constantly searching for ways to make it back to his mom. Even if she can't take care of him, he feels that it's his job to take care of her. That makes me sad. That is sad. Yeah. Isn't it his job, though, to take care of her? But naturally, they're pulled to one another, of course, because they can relate to each other, it seems. And they are going to set up to set off together on an adventure across Salem to try to try, figure out the secret past of not only Willow's mother, but her aunt and the ambiguous history of her family. 
And of course, during all of this, the two can't help but act on their natural connection. But with the amount of baggage between them and Willow's growing conviction, her family might be cursed. Can they manage to hold on to each other? Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll find that out. That looks good. On September the 27th, Spells for Lost Things by Jenna Evans Welch. So good. Yeah, I need this. I can't wait. And I, I just love books that take place in Salem. My next pick is the latest novel from Courtney Summers. This is I'm the Girl. It comes out on September 13th. I have loved pretty much everything she's done um, since I discovered Sadie several years ago. So this one is about Georgia and Georgia is 16. She finds the dead body of a 13 year old girl. And as a result, she teams up with this girl's older sister and they decide as people do in books, hopefully not in real life, that they are going to figure out who, who killed this 13 year old girl named Ashley James. Now, this book apparently takes place in kind of a a wealthy, privileged community. And this is a community that Georgia does not fit into very easily. Um, But in order to figure out what happened to Ashley and who's responsible for it, she has to kind of don a mask and pretend to be someone she isn't. Um, I think one of the things that I like best about this is the question that the synopsis asks readers at the end, which is, if this is the way the world works, like, do you accept it? Um, And so we are looking for, um, we're looking not only for who is guilty here, but who is guiltiest, because apparently more than one person has you know, something to do with what happened to Ashley. And so it's not enough to figure out just who like the, the central person is. You also have to know kind of who is taking in, taking part in, in smaller ways. Um, Courtney Summers writes these like stunning young adult thrillers. Um, she wrote The Project a couple of years ago, which is a cult book. Sadie is a book that I will love until the end of time. And I am super excited for this one. It's I'm the Girl by Courtney Summers. And it comes out on September 13th. Well, I have a question. It's the age old question that hopefully somebody will answer for me. If they haven't answered until now. Oh, well, maybe there's no, no answer today. No, <laughs> it's got an answer. Do well, you take it? this man? Oh. No, no, actually, no. No. I do not. I already have. <laughs> I really wanted you to answer me that way. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, Sarah. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yes, you did. <laughs> it's like you're <laughs> together or something. <sighs> <laughs> I <You> think so. <laughs> anyway, do you take this man by Denise Williams? It's coming out September 6th. I have to tell you, this is actually the second Denise Williams book I have talked about because every time her books come out, I get so fascinated and excited because I love like her plots of her books. And then I put them on my wish list. And I, to be full disclosure, I have not read any of her books yet. However, Shannon has, and she has talked about them and I am fully intending on reading them. So do you take this man is about um, a, a divorce attorney. Her name is RJ. And RJ is um, like a good attorney. She's got a good life. Everything's fine, rolling along. Until one day, she kind of accidentally, inadvertently, kind of on the fly, officiates a wedding in a park (laughs) for a newly engaged couple. I don't know why this happens or how she gets herself into this position, but it's it. uh, Somebody took a video and it went viral. So now all of a sudden, everybody is obsessed with RJ and wants her to officiate their weddings. And she's happy about that. I mean, it's, you know, like helping people say I do is not necessarily like something she thought she would do. Um, But she really is kind of enjoying it, except for that she has to work with this like really annoying wedding planner. 
who's annoying and he was like a football person and his name i think it's lear lear i think lear and lear was kind of burned by his long-term long time girlfriend but he's like super charming and everybody like loves him except for rj like she cannot stand him and he does not like her because he can't charm her like he does everybody else but he's the wedding planner and she's the she officiates all these weddings and all of a sudden they have to work together like all the time and they're like starting to feel this attraction but they don't like each other but all around them all these people are falling in love and saying i do and all of a sudden maybe it's not just their clients who are asked the age-old question do you take this man? So if you want to know what happens, then on September 6th, read Do You Take This Man by Denise Williams. And I'm sure that you will laugh and enjoy it. So many good books on the 6th. Can't handle my life. So the second book I'm going to talk about is The Ways We Hide by Christina McMorris. And I bet no one can guess what date it's coming out on. September 6th? Yeah, the 6th. Imagine that. Wow. She wrote Sold on a Monday, which I read and enjoyed. Um, This is called A Sweeping World War II Tale. And anything that says World War II always gets my attention. Mine too. Um, Yeah. I think Natalia Uh, has a sweeping World War II tale for us as well. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this book, we follow Fena Voss, who was raised in Michigan Copper Country, rather harsh upbringing for her. And it taught her lots of cunning and skills and how to survive, which puts her in very good stead for what is ahead of her. And before she gets recruited by British intelligence, um, she's working as an assistant to an illusionist. Oh, uh, interesting. And on stage, she's his assistant, but but uh, behind the scenes, she's really the mastermind of the whole of the whole thing. Oh. So she has some wicked skills and some wicked. She she knows how to evade. She knows how to hide. She knows a lot of things. So this. Um, unit called MI9 that is that designs uh, ways to trap uh, escaping Germans and keep them from getting away somehow. They want her to work for them. So she joins this group as an inventor because they want exactly her skills. So she's she joins them and uh, you know, we don't know how because the synopsis doesn't say, but she goes on to have her loyalties tested and um, there's love and loss. And uh, it says that it's inspired by stunning true accounts. This Ooh. is. Ooh. And um, it's it, it, it just seems like it's going to be very good. It's a gripping story of love and loss. And it just it sounds like it's got all kinds of neat elements. I'm really ready for it. I haven't read a World War II book in a while. So this will be a good one to go. So this is The Ways We Hide by Christina McMorris. And it comes out on September the 6th, like most other things. Like a, Certainly a lot of other things, too. Yeah. Okay, so my second book this evening is Dreamland by Nicholas Sparks. It comes out September 20th, 2022. I haven't read a Nicholas Sparks book in a very long time, but this looks interesting. So we have Craig, who is, he's duty bound. He has a farm. He takes care of his immediate family um by the sounds of it i'm assuming parents and things like that and he gave up a singing career um but he decides to vacation in florida and he takes 
a, a, an impulsive job, you know, singing gig there. And he meets Morgan and it's instantaneous, their connection. She's the wealthy daughter of two parents. She's fast tracked to go to get into medical school when they meet and it's a whirlwind romance but you have Beverly who's escaping an abusive marriage an abusive husband and it's her and her son um I'm not sure how these how they all meet but Beverly makes a decision about her son that impacts all of their lives and how they meet. This looks very, very interesting and I can't wait for it to come out. Um, This is Dreamland by Nicholas Sparks and it comes out September 20, September 20th, 2022. So I would be a lot more uh, tolerant of Nicholas Sparks if he did not and this is not his fault, I don't think, I think this is marketing, did not always end up on like romance lists, even though his books are not romances. His books are not romance. It's because of his notebook after that. I know. My second book of the evening, I've wanted to read ever since I found out it was coming out several months ago because um, the previous book by this author, The Spanish Love Deception, was one of my favorite books of 2022. I know Natalia didn't like it, but I loved it so much. And um, it just makes me happy every time I think about it. And I just talked about it a couple weeks ago um, for the wedding episode. But this book is the sort of follow-up to it, the sequels, and well, not the sequel, but the second book about these people. And it's called The American Roommate Experiment. And it's by Elena Armas. And it comes out on the best day of September. Well, the most prolific uh, book day of September. So it comes out on the 6th. This book is about Rosie Graham. And Rosie Graham has some giant ass problems because like she tried to change her life. You know, she quit her high paying job where she worked with her best friend, Lena, because she's had a secret career as a romance author. But nobody knows this. Her family doesn't know. And now she's quit her job and she's trying to write full time. And holy crap, what is the curse of all authors when it happens to you? The dreaded writer's block. And she's kind of freaking out about this. Like, oh my God, what do I do? When the ceiling of her New York apartment literally crumbles. (laughs) And she's like, well, shit. Good thing my best friend Lena's out of town. I can just, I have her spare key. I can just go stay in her place. It's fine. Uh Well, she gets to Lena's place and no one told her. That Lena's cousin, Lucas, who is the hottie McCotterson she's been, quote, stalking. I mean, not really, but, you know, stalking on Instagram for the last several months is staying there while he's in the U.S. And Lucas, you know, he's like, hey, you can stay here until you uh, find yourself some of, you know, affordable temporary housing here in New York City. It's fine. But, you know, there's issues because... Lucas likes to walk his sweet ass around the apartment in a towel. OMG. And he has this really sexy Spanish accent and he cooks. He cooks. Men who cook are so hot. And so, you know, Rosie's kind of having this thing with her writer's block. And so Lucas makes this suggestion. How about they go on a bunch of experimental dates around New York city? Like, you know, no like romantic things for them. Just like, just these, you know, dates in different places to try to see if going to romantic places with, as a couple, will jumpstart her muse and get her writing again. Well, it's totally fine, Rosie decides, because obviously she has her online crush, like, totally under control. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's only one major problem with this whole scenario. Lucas and, like, his time in New York has an expiration date, and it's six weeks. And Rosie is just not sure if that's enough time for her or her writer's block. I'm excited about this book. I can't wait to read it. I, like I said, I love the Spanish love deception so very much. And this is the follow-up to that. And it's called the American roommate experiment. And it's by Elena Armas and it comes out on September 6th. 
I like the idea of like the experimental dates in different places in the city. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's, that's like cool. a really cool like plot device because then they can like go to all kinds of cool. Cool. Excellent Hopefully it's going to have some like love letter to New York in it, you know? Um, yeah. Well, the I thing that I love is dates. Like, I know the thing that I love about this description <laughs> is that I had no idea she was like a secret romance author. Like that to me is that's you know, pretty awesome too. So my second book for tonight is Only Bad Options by Jennifer S. Jennifer Estep. And this is a new series that she's going to write, which I'm so excited about. Galactic True Band or True Band, I guess is the best way to say it. Number one. And this is apparently like space opera meets Bridgerton. In an, <laughs> uh, an exciting wow. science fiction <laughs> Fantasy Adventure by best-selling author Jennifer Eastup. So for what it sounds like to me, it's kind of like spe- steampunk romance-ish, sort of. Maybe people who are more like knowledgeable. Like in space. In space, yeah. And I- I've tried steampunk romance, and it's never worked out for me. I think I've tried oh, the wrong I books or something. Steampunk. I feel like I've tried the wrong books. And, you know, Gen- Jennifer Eastup always manages to get me sucked in, so I'm looking forward to trying this and on top of that this has a mix of magic technology and fans of soulmates enemies to lovers story are you kidding this is like everything i like in space i wonder if it's going to be on what what planet it's going to be in i was going to say something but i don't think it's pg (laughs) so a woman who sees everything this book is about vester quill and most people don't know her name um, and to most people, she's a lab rat who designs something cool that's called brewmakers and other household appliances. You know, when I think of brewmakers, I think of coffee. But Ooh, I yeah. think that this might not be um, oh, like brew, like B R E W. Yeah, brew like B R E W makers. Oh, I thought she you were saying broom. Broom. And I was I so know, confused. That's why I was honestly, if it was broom makers, it would be more make more sense because I'd be like, okay, it's witches and wizards, okay. But it was broom makers. I'm like, huh? Am I reading that right? <laughs> I was very confused. But anyway, I don't know what a broom maker is, but apparently it's supposed to be some sort of household appliance that was made up, I guess. And uh, she does or designs this with other stuff at a development lab at a place called the Powerful Kent Corp. Ooh. But when she points out a design flaw and the safety hazard in a new line of Kemp Corp Star Cruisers, which I hope are like really fast ships, but I don't actually know, right? But Star Cruiser is a really cool name. But anyway, when she points out this design flaw in the new line that they're making of these contraptions that we don't know what they are until we read the book, uh, they everybody finds out who she is, and somebody wants to eliminate her. Oh, and now she's a seer with a photographic memory. But even though she is all these cool things, she doesn't see the trouble headed her way until it's too late. And suddenly, she's surrounded by enemies fighting for her life. Oh, and of course, things cannot get any worse. Because, I mean, wow, enemies in space. I don't even know. Like, where would I run? But uh, they do get worse because she meets Kyrian Coldren, who is an arrogant, regal lord who insists that they have a connection that might, in fact, be the death of them both. Now, Kyrian is a man who cannot forget his past. And unlike Vesper, everyone knows his name. The name Kyrian Coldren strikes fear in the hearts of people across, across the acapella galaxy or go galaxy, whatever. <laughs> As the leader of the arrows, he is the Imperium's elite fighting force. And he's used to being the villain as well as the person who is known as the assassin of Lord Callus. Holloway. Mind you, we don't know who any of these people are, right? But it sounds super interesting to me. But, you know, even the wealthy regals who live in the planet of Coria are afraid of him. But everything changes when he meets Vesper Krill. He might be a powerful scion with uh, 
telekinetic and psychic and other abilities, but, but Vesper sees far too many of his secrets. Thanks to an arcane, unwanted quirk of psionic magic, the two of them are forced to work together to unravel the surrounding dangers and the enemies that want to bend both of them to their will. Hmm. In space! I just keep having to say in space. It it amuses me so much. (laughs) So this book is coming out on September the 20th, and it's called Only Bad Options, Galactic True Bands number one by Jennifer Eastep. And if you want to read about science fiction, steampunk, romance, soulmates, technology that we've never heard of that sounds really cool in a way that only Jennifer Eastep can do, please be like me. Take the day off on September 20th. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, September 20th, 2022, pick this book up. I am sure that I will not be disappointed. And I'm just, you know, hoping that the lovely Lauren Fort gang will narrate. Oh, I hope so. I love her but so much. They can hide in the nearest wormhole. You asked where they could hide, and I'm just saying. Oh, that's true. They could. they could. What if the wormhole <laughs> takes them? Like, what if they fall? Oh, well, wow. that's a risky <laughs> run in space. So, my next book is a young adult romance. Okay. This is, well, that was unexpected by <laughs> Jesse Q. Sutanto. Thief. who I love like with every ounce of my being. Is that dial A for aunties? It is. Yes. It is. It is. The new girl for aunties yes. in a wedding. Yes. So this is a standalone and it is about a teenage girl named Charlotte. In true Sutanto fashion, we have Charlotte spelled S-H-A-R-L-O-T. Wow. <laughs> um, in kind of a like tribute to, you know, Madeline Chen instead of Madeline. Yeah. Um, so this is Charlotte and apparently her mother catches her in kind of a not great position. And this causes her mother to be kind of concerned. And so she decides that the two of them, she and Charlotte are going to take a trip to Indonesia where her mother is originally from. Now, Charlotte has not been very in touch with the Indonesian part of her background. And so when she gets there, she's sort of swept away by all of the like extreme wealth and all the stuff in the culture that she's learning about for the first time. Now, her mother has kind of an ulterior motive for bringing her to Indonesia. And that is that she thinks she has found the perfect boy for Charlotte to date. And also in true Sutanto fashion, her mother and this boy's father have been secretly communicating online, pretending to be their children. (laughs) And so now these two, Charlotte and George are thrust together and their parents like expect that they're just going to, you know, make a match, have a summer romance, like who knows where it can go after that. But they are not here for this. They're both kind of resentful of their parents like meddling in their lives, never mind like catfishing each other. I'm not quite sure like how this works if like the parents one of them knew that they were pretending I, I don't know but the these two teenagers don't like this um and I cannot really say that I blame them if my mother went online and pretended to be me I think I would be rather horrified but that's just me so they are kind of unwillingly you know forced to spend time together and of course they start to realize as is the case in our beautiful beautiful romances that maybe their parents, although their methods are not the greatest, like maybe they're onto something and maybe these two are sort of like destined to be together. I am very, very excited for this. I have loved everything this author has written, whether it's like contemporary romance for adults or thrillers for teenagers. Apparently she has also written um, a middle grade book, which I have not read yet, but I'm sure that it is as fantastic as everything else that she writes. This is Well, That Was Unexpected by Jesse Q. Sutanto. And it comes out on September 27th, which feels so far away. 
It's very far away. I just wonder how she comes up with such a plethora of quality books so quickly. I don't know. She's kind of amazing. My final book tonight, I'm super excited about because I love this author with my entire heart. Me too. Um, She has taught me to be way more open-minded about my romance um, in a genre that I thought because I'd read some badly written ones um, would not be a good uh, fit for me. And I'm so happy that I gave Lexi Blake a chance. I love Lexi Blake with my whole heart. And she has written um, a very popular series. If you like Lexi Blake, it's her Masters in Mercenaries series. And now I don't want to say this is a spinoff of that because a lot of the characters from the original books are in these books, but this is the Masters in Mercenaries Reloaded series. And it has to do with um, people that sometimes work in the same organization as some of the main characters from the Masters and Mercenaries series, if that's not too confusing. So this book is No Time to Lie, Masters and Mercenaries Reloaded, number four. It's coming out September 13th, which like Shannon said, seems <gasps> so very far away right now. So it's this even book- closer than September 27th. I it, know, that's true. it still sounds far away right now because I want it now. Wrong. So- because I, we saw this character in a previous, in previous books. So this is the story of Drake Radcliffe. And he was recruited very young, very early into the CIA, based on his brilliant mind and his skills. And so while his same age peers were playing video games and doing like teenager young adulty stuff he was playing spy games and yeah it's been a good life for him but it's been a very lonely life and um he is had something happen we don't know what this is this is kind of a vague um synopsis and it brought people from his past back into his life so the one woman that he has ever loved her name is Taylor, and she was an analyst when he was an operative, and they made the mistake of falling for each other. They had one beautiful night, and then he vanished, oh. never, never to return. I'm sure there's some epic misunderstanding, and um, she's just kind of put her life back together. She's trying to move on, and then he reappears in her life. Um, this is a very significant event that um, I'm being vague because the synopsis is vague. Um, a sin- significant event that could be world crumbling. Ooh. So not not good people involved. You know, she probably has to do her analyst thing. He probably has to do his spy master, spy games, brilliant brain thing. And um, they go from Wyoming to Europe and they discover that if 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 they fail, it can be huge, huge issues for the world, but if they succeed, they might actually get there happily ever after. So th- this is No Time to Lie, Masters and Mercenaries Reloaded, number four, by the amazing, wonderful, none like her, Lexi Blake. It comes out September 13th. I'm so excited. Um, I never knew that she could make thruples so sexy. BDSM was something that I was not really into reading because of the way it was written. When I read it with her, it's like so like consensual and loving and lovely and beautiful. And her fast paced books just are everything for me. It's not just all about clubs. It's a lot of other really in-depth plots as well. My final book is The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson. And I really like her, but every time I hear her name, I think of freezers. Um, (laughs) Yes, freezers, (laughs) worrying. But you know that really happened, right? You know that really really happened. Yes, I know. I don't know if you saw the trial. So The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson comes out, and I did not do this intentionally, 
but September the 6th, it does come out. And in this book, she tackles the legacy and roots of racism and takes place in a Georgia high school. Ooh. Um, Books yeah. set in schools. And pardon? Books set in schools. Yeah, it is. Well, it's not like it's not a boarding school, but it's primarily going to be in, involved in school. Um, if you ask people, at least those who are still alive, oh, what happened on prom night? They all say the same thing. Maddie did it. That's what it says. Like, woo. Okay. So Madison is an outcast at her small Georgia high school. Um, she's uh, gets a lot of bullying. She doesn't really deal with that because she's got a lot of other things that are bothering her. But one day, and I'm not sure how this happens during a rainstorm, her secret is exposed. I'm not oh. sure she, she is biracial. And she's been passing as white and hiding because she has a very tyrannical white father who demands that she be white. Um, and so there's a video that goes viral and it kind of pulls back the curtain on a lot of racism and really nasty, ugly roots about this city and this high school. And the school leaders decide that they want to make a themselves they, they want to make it look different or be different so they're going to do the first integrated prom and uh they're they they they, they find a date for maddie so that she she's she almost thinks this is going to be cool and real and everything something awful does happen and um because some people are not done with Maddie and they still want to make her life miserable. What they don't know is that she still has one more secret and it's a secret that will cost their lives. Ooh. That's what it says uh, some uh, about this. So Ooh. I just, I really like her. I didn't read the last book because it was ghosty. And while I'm not as, um, uh, anti-ghost as Shannon I'm not really about them unless they're done well so I didn't I didn't pick that one up but this one I'm going to be reading this is The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson and it comes out on September the 6th yeah I was a little worried about this one um, after she wrote kind of the ghosty book I wondered if um that was going to be sort of like the new direction this, she went this in. This doesn't seem to doesn't have any of those so. components, no. So my last book this evening is Desperation in Death, J.D. Robb. <laughs> it comes out September 6, 2022. It is 2061, and two girls who are part of something called the Pleasure Academy want out. So they devise a plan to, to escape. And Doreen, I'm, Doreen really wants to leave. And so does Nina. And Nina more so than Doreen, Dor, Dorin. I'm sorry, hold on, Hume. Um, yes, Dorin. And they want to escape, and they eventually do. But someone catches up with Nina, and she's murdered. So now she's one of Eve's cases. And while, meanwhile, while um, Doran is hiding. Oh. And 
Eve realizes that it echoes her past a little too closely. So she's angry and upset and trying to deal with all the stuff this brings up from her own childhood. And Eve realizes that these girls, someone is paying high dollar for these, for these young ladies. And meanwhile, Rourke is trying to keep Eve together and keep his ear out for things he might hear in highfalutin society. <laughs> and um, we shall see what happens and who these who ends up being part of the Pleasure Academy. This is Desperation and Death by J.D. Robb, and it comes out September 6, 2022. I think the Pleasure Academy isn't very pleasant. No, <laughs> it is not. Um, pleasant I'm for assuming- the wrong people. Right. So it should be interesting. We'll still see how many, if Rourke's extended family, if we see any of, um, you know, Mavis and Bella. (laughs) This looks interesting. So I really struggled with what to make my final book tonight. It was sort of agonizing. I sent Shannon a list of six picks and I like fake cried over this because I just, there were just so many like exciting things coming out that all said, Stacy has to read this. But ultimately I decided that my third book had to be Angelica Frankenstein makes her match by Sally Thorne. Now this is, oh, I'm sorry. And it comes out on September 6th. Now Sally Thorne is the author of the iconic romance, The Hating Game. Um, And it was, it's done amazing things for the enemies to lovers trope in my opinion. But um, she's followed up with a couple really great um, contemporary romances, but she's decided to take a foray into historical rom-coms with this latest book. This book, as the title suggests, is about Angelica Frankenstein. And her brother is the dreadful Victor Frankenstein. Um, the uh, the uh, synopsis actually does not say that he is dreadful, but I um, have a deep loathing for <laughs> Victor Frankenstein ever since I read Frankenstein when I was in high school. But this book luckily does not focus on him. It focuses on Angelica, who is ridiculously smart and absolutely beautiful, but sadly she is rather odd. And Angelica is feeling a little bit stressed because for generations upon generations, the Frankensteins have always found this amazing epic love that like spans their whole lifetime and just, you know, all this blissful happiness. And Angelica now has kind of like run through all of the potential suitors that are available to her. And she begins helping her brother, Victor, with his awful experiment, again, awful is my word, of uh, kind of piecing together a man. And while she's in the lab with him, she starts thinking to herself, you know, like what, what would happen if I constructed my own man that then maybe, you know, we could fall in love and we could live happily ever after from this point on. And so she goes into the lab and because she thinks like, you know, if he's like, convalescing like in a sick room like in the family home I mean wouldn't it be like the perfect way for him to get to know the real Angelica I see some flaws in this plan but um she decides she's going to do this thing and so when her dream man sits up on the lab table she names him Will and there's instant heart-pounding chemistry but then things don't go as they should because Will is obsessed with figuring out what happened to him because he has total amnesia. He doesn't know who he is. Like, why, why is he around this woman? And so, you know, Angelica decides to kind of help him figure out a little bit more about his past. But while she's doing this, another suitor enters the picture. 
And now Angelica is faced with this very concerning thing. Like, you know, should I have meddled like in true love or was it out there without me actually like, you know, building it in a lab? This book is filled, as it says, with carriages, candlesticks, and corpses. (laughs) And what Angelica has to find out is, you know, what is true love? And can you ever really judge a man by his cadaver? So this, my friends. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) That is actually part of the synopsis. And I've been trying this whole time to remember the judge a man by his cadaver line because it was making me giggle. So this, friends, what? Will she choose the cavalier or the corpse? Or the cadaver. Or the (laughs) That is a question that we will not find out until we read Angelica Frankenstein Makes Her Match by Sally Thorne. And it does come out on September 6th. And her her other um, romances, um, I've read two of the three. I've read The Hating Game, of course. And I've read uh, Second First Imp- yeah, Second First Impressions. And they both ended up being much deeper um, and more nuanced than the descriptions kind of implied. So I'm I'm wondering what she's going to do with the historical. I'm completely fascinated to read this. Well, now that we got a dose of reality and disreality, I guess we'll continue (laughs) with the suspension of reality and talk about a book by another author I've never read before. Wow. We Are Mortals by Erin Jade Lange. And you know, I know that as a young adult, I always loved reading books about, well, I was also growing up where books about vampires were really, really, really in fashion too. And in all the books I read, the, it was always about some teenager that either falls in love with a vampire, gets turned into a vampire or a werewolf. But I mm-hmm. never have heard of this wonderful, cool, unique take of vampires who have been vampires for centuries. And of course, if they've been vampires for centuries, they were turned really young because centuries back, 17 was an adult, 16. And now they have been turned mortal and have to experience what's a lot of people's worst nightmare, but were actually the best years of my life, high school. These teenage vampires are... 100 year old vampires so they've been vampires for 100 years and uh their brothers so it's charlie and her brother reg and they have always enjoyed the glitz and glamour of the being members of the wealthiest vampire clan but they made a careless mistake and got themselves expelled from the vampire community and dumped in the middle of nowhere iowa to live and no not island (gasps) adventure in orlando but actual Iowa with cornfields and stuff as mortals, (laughs) they have to live. And now Charlie has to deal with zits, tears, and worst of all, high school. And, you know, it's not that great, but things start to change when she and Rex get integrated into a group of friends, including this deliciously good looking boy named Dexter. And no, not the serial killer. (laughs) and though charlie would give anything to be vampire again she begins to experience uh new things as a human and starts to appreciate a lot of things that humanity brings that maybe either she never had or she forgot but unfortunately nothing makes them forget the life that they left behind and when they're offered a second shot at immortality charlie is desperate to seize it but there's a catch It means a total betrayal of all her new friends who will have their minds wiped of their memory of her. She can handle it if it means she can live forever, right? I guess I'll have to find out. And we will read Mere Mortals by Erin Jade Lange. I have never heard of this author. I don't know if she's ever written anything else. I don't know either, but I thought this one looked really cool. It's so cool creative it never occurred to me to like reverse you know reverse it turn the vampire human how how very cool so this book comes out on september 27th this seems like the 6th and the 27th are are the days Days. Mm -hmm. this month (laughs) all right and that concludes our look at some of our most anticipated september releases Thank you to Christine, 
Stacy, Sarah, Georgina, and Natalia for joining us tonight with all kinds of great books. And as is so often the case these days, I give Christine double thanks for both her editing and her participation in this episode. And we would not be doing a podcast if no one listened to it. So I want to thank all of you for joining us each week as we talk about great books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.